in just one week, Into Final Space is going to be releasing its biggest season yet. Volume 3 will pull you into the world of Final Space, going over each and every episode of the show, giving you exclusive insight to the thought and work that goes into the show from the people who worked on it. And each and every episode will feature a fan that has incredible questions about design, music, animation, storyboarding, and every piece of the process. But before we get into that, I wanted to take a step back and look at these first two seasons as a whole. And I wanted to do it with someone who knows them from the inside out. My name is Gabe Jones, and I'm excited to welcome you to episode zero of Into Final Space, volume three, with a review of Final Space season one and two with a super special guest, Olin Rogers. All right, I'm excited to welcome Olin Rogers, creator of Final Space, voice of Gary, Mooncake, Tribor, etc., uh, back to the show. Uh, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Absolutely. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. Gabe, I'm glad to be back. Well, thank you for joining us, especially for like this very special episode uh, right about going into volume three of the podcast. So we're super excited to have you here. Uh, of course, uh, just to kind of get an overview of, uh, you know, kind of season one and two before we kind of deep dive into each individual episode. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let's just get started with questions. Uh, so first one. Uh, kind of sounds like a college admissions question, but uh, if you could describe the first two seasons in one word, what would it be and why? The first two seasons in one word. Um, <laughs> in one word, it would bo- a both phrase. A phrase. Uh, I'll challenging. Say, I'll say this: trial by fire. All right. I think there was a lot of stuff in those first two seasons that, you know, I mean, even the first season that we didn't know really how to do it. Like there was a lot of stuff that we were trying for the first time that that hadn't been done, like just how space looked and how we were essentially going to be comping on top of animation. That was kind of like a foreign thing. And now, like everybody in the animation industry, not everybody, but like a good bit of people are like, how do we get our show to look like that? You know what I mean? (laughs) And so they've kind of looked at our show as kind of like an example of like, Oh, we can make this look even better sometimes. And I've heard that from, from a good bit of people. Um, And I think that's awesome. Anything that make animation look better, or at least give them the idea that they can make something look better, I think is really cool. And I think the second season, you know, we were just trying to figure out kind of like, a lot of the stuff that we failed in season one, you know, we tried to kind of uh, correct in a way, but also try to make something based on like, you know, the kind of the notes that we had to try to make something that's a little bit more standalone, but still had a serialization to it. And whether or not we succeeded or not for what we were tasked to do, I don't know if we could have done a better job. And, and that's, that's the truth. Like there was a lot of, so many things and, and hurdles and challenges and roadblocks and things that we had to kind of, you know, overcome in order to get that thing through, you know, and that's David Sachs is, you know, been such a, a great, you know, guide and, 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 you know, help just through me trying to figure out the industry. And, you know, I remember in season two, he was like, we just got to get it into production, man, whatever we got to do to get it. Into production. <laughs> we got to get out of this phase right now. Cause this is the phase that people kind of 
crumble in. He's like, we just got to get it into production. And I just remember just that first episode, man, there were so many things, so many challenges in that episode and so many different voices kind of coming in and trying to kind of, you know, tell us what to do. And I remember even, you know, we had a finished draft and I think it was after like 20 drafts or so, even more, probably more than that of just constant notes. And I thought we had finally finished it. I remember we got a call at Comic-Con and it was like, we we were getting more notes at Comic-Con and I was like, what is going on? (laughs) It's like, it's just never ending. But the thing is, even with all that said, I, I love TBS to death and we wouldn't be here. Like we wouldn't be here if TBS didn't really believe in the show and they're allowed to give notes. People are allowed to give notes. That's a part of TV. So yeah, it's like, you just got to be appreciative. You, you got to work with what you got. You got to, you know, try to overcome these hurdles and still try to make the best show you can make. And I think both of those seasons were, that, that's the best way I can try to describe it is trial by fire. Yeah. And I, I mean, you mentioned a lot of stuff that, we actually hit on a lot in this upcoming season of the podcast of Devo talking first episode of just figuring things out, uh, how you wanted to make the show look and visually and just, you know, launching yeah. into this whole thing, basing off the pilot and taking some of those aspects and throwing them in mixing all these new things together. Um, and then, yeah, David, uh, we actually had on, uh, later in the season. Uh, and you know, he talked about a lot of that stuff of you, working with the network and figuring things out and taking notes and sometimes not taking notes that you wanted to hear, but you know, that kind of were necessary just to get, get through and get to production. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good, good, good phrase to go by trial by fire. Yeah. Um, so, you know, just from a viewer's perspective, uh, stepping outside of your role as, you know, showrunner and producer and everything that you do, just, what were your general thoughts watching season one and season two? I I will say this just from like a personal experience. I love making the show. It's one of my, one of the joys of my life. I really just getting to make TV and tell stories and, and just kind of, you're getting to see every part of the process and it's so long, you know, it's just a labor <laughs> of love, but the actual premiere of the thing is my least, favorite thing ever because you're putting this thing out in the world and you're getting feedback like basically as people are watching it you know what i mean and then you kind of start realizing oh that thing uh, God, yeah. <laughs> that thing you know what i mean and it's like oh they noticed that and that and this and this and then you you start they start to notice our mistakes and things that we left out and you're like oh why didn't i what did i think of that you know and it's just <laughs> all of these things while they're watching it in, in real time. And so I remember watching season one and feeling like, are people going to like this? You know, and, and there was a lot of self doubt in it, but I believe so in my core of cores that that's that first season was good. I believe that I made that we had made something special. I really do believe that. Because we were trying to, to to push the envelope with with a budget that didn't allow us to do some of the stuff that we did, but we still did it, and that's a testament to all the people that stayed late and and worked on it, and because they believed in it. And when I, I remember when it aired, it was just kind of like this moment of like, man, 
it's, it's, you just kind of get the wind taken out of your sails a little bit, but then something like amazing happened and it went on Netflix international and people loved it. Like it was not like a thing where in the States people didn't know how to process it because they're like, what am I watching? You know, it was such a new thing to see something that, you know, they didn't understand that it was serialized. They didn't understand that you're watching a story from beginning to end, one through 10, they were just kind of commenting on, on the here and now. And then when it was done, people started to really appreciate it. But Netflix, they just binged it. And yeah. the binging experience, they really appreciated, oh my God, that was fun. That was a ride. You know what I mean? Because we yeah. made that thing that first season, it was like a movie. It really was. It was like yeah. a, you know, a movie. If you slam all those together and you put it as a movie, I'm sure people would be like, oh, this is, this is a lot of fun. <laughs> now... There's definitely issues in it. Like I, I'm so critical of my my voice acting in that first season, just because um, it was. I I just didn't know what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like I even and the thing is, like nobody really wanted to kind of direct me because I was the creator of the show. Sure. Yeah. So you were just kind of in the booth, just doing your own thing. And I was like, "What do you guys think?" And they're like, "Yeah, it's good." I'm like, "Is it really good?" Or is there? <laughs> is, you know what I mean? And there was, and I think we had a, a few editors. Really a few, but I, I don't really know what in the process started to kind of really shave off all the air in my performance. And so it really came off even more energetic. And, and when I get in the booth, I'm very energetic. And, and, you know, I put a lot of energy into it. And if you cut out all the air and the pauses, because I'm not like, hey, you know, I'm not like that. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. guys, you know, this, let's do this, you know, and, and there's like very nuances that if you cut the air out it, and you slam it all together, you're like a psychopath. You know? it's like, <laughs> and I think in season two, I remember I told the editor, the first thing I told uh, Matt Pumphrey, I was like, don't, don't cut any air out of my performance. Don't cut any air. And if you do, let me know and I'll, and I'll approve it. And so you got something that was a little bit more subdued, but, in turn, when season two came around, people started to kind of really comment on on Gary being, you know, what happened to the character, you know. And the funny thing is, that's pretty much like how I did the the season one Gary. But he he was a little bit more. He kind of had a little bit more of like a like a what is it? A little bit of uh, bravado to him in season one. In season two. He was much more of a human, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you can't keep up the season one Gary and expect people to like that guy. Like he, it was always meant to be something where you were watching a character grow from the get go. I mean, he's a different guy, even in season one from first episode to episode 10. And then we were going to continue that. We weren't just going to go back to episode one Gary. <laughs> so it's like, it was a continuation where you're seeing this guy grow and the more you find out about him, you, the more you're like, oh, yeah, this guy's, you know, I'm starting to really understand him and what the, the inner workings of what this character is. And I think with season three, it's a really continuation. But we brought a, a lot of that fun back, you know, with with Gary and a lot of the and I was for the longest time, I was like, what is this thing that they that they think has changed with Gary? And then finally, I somebody 
a lot of people commented on just, you know, his quirky little sayings and stuff. And we call them Garyisms. And a lot of that, it's kind of just kind of improv stuff that I do in the booth, you know? So it was kind of like this thing where, you know, and in anybody that has seen my stories, I just kind of come up with a different name for something. You know what I mean? Um, and so there's, there's a lot of that fun coming back. So it, it's, it's not like the same degree as season one. It's kind of a blending of, of season one and season two, Gary, but it's a much more stable Gary. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, he was like an unstable compound, you know, not to mention Lord Commander there, but he was like you, that Gary says, I can't, you, you can't keep that up, you know? And in season two, he just lost a lot of that fun. and. I think season three, it comes back, but at the same time, season three is very emotionally raw. So I think with those, those first two seasons, it was just really that real time that you were watching it and kind of processing that information as it went along. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so you kind of mentioned this a little bit and, uh, you know, when you were talking about, uh, Netflix and the international people seeing it now, these like, huge international communities that come out with uh, the Russian final space community, uh, the a large Spanish final space community. Um, so what, what have been your thoughts, uh, especially segueing between season two and, uh, and production for season three on uh, the kind of growth of the fan base and seeing the interactions on final space Friday and that kind of thing. Uh, what are you, your, your thoughts on the fan track scenes right now? I think just handling the social media, you know, I, I look at the, the analytics and it's, it just keeps going up and up and up and up and up and up. Like it's, it's, and it's, it's pretty crazy to see, um, um, that happen when, when the show is not even on the air. So you can imagine what that's, what's, what's going to happen when it comes back. You know what I mean? And this is something that I was really kind of, that I wanted to do this season was, was like, man, I wish I would, I wish I had control over the social media during season one to season two. Cause I feel like we stunted a lot of that growth from just kind of like keeping people updated and stuff like that. And that's sure. one of the things with um, just talking about social media for, for show accounts, you know what I mean? A yeah. lot of them um, don't have control over that or they don't even have the logins. And so they don't really have the ability to update people and keep that fandom great. And so, you know, you have a situation it's really hard to kind of grow a fandom without social media. It just is like, yeah. And so, you know, I think the, that's one of the kind of the, the curses that I think that a lot of um, uh, show creators have is that they, they have a great product and it's just getting the right eyes to it. It's, it's like, how do you get that out there? And so, yeah, I think, I think the, the cool thing is, when Adult Swim kind of gave me the keys to the kingdom, essentially, you know, um, it was really overwhelming season two because I didn't know, I didn't have anything to post, you know, it was like, right, hey, we're, yeah. we're, <laughs> oh, next month. Um, and so I had to edit all these trailers and all this like stuff, you know, you know, I had to figure out things to post and this and that and like come up with like a shirt for each episode. And it's like, <laughs> we were doing on fly because we had like a month. We didn't really know. I didn't know that I was just going to be doing this. Right. So it was like, you know, Adult Swim was saying, we typically don't run social media accounts. We let yeah. the creators kind of do, you know, with like Robot Chicken and all these other stuff. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. 
So, okay, I'll do it. You know, let me, let me figure it out. And so that was kind of a, a, a cool experience. Cause you kind of got to see, you know, the show and the audience and, and you also got to, you know, I had to comment on the fact that a good portion of that audience that was international couldn't see it. Right. And there's just not enough information out there. You know what I mean? Like they, they want to know why they, they can't see it in the here and now. And I don't even have that answer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so it's like, you know, you, that's one of the things I think with an international fandom that final space has, it's really interesting because there's just so much information I don't have to give to them. And so I just know information that, that I get when I ask and I f- try to f- find the right person. Like, um, just for an example, like the, the soundtrack, dude, that was like an endeavor. <laughs> like it was like trying to find the right person who, who did the soundtrack thing. And it was at first, I remember they had done the music, they put it up there and I had no involvement in this at all. You know, they would show me like, Hey, what do you think of this? You know, the, the record, uh, what it looks like. I'm like, sure. Yeah, that's great. And then back to the show, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like type of email. It's like, yeah, it looks great. You know? And then I move on. And it was one of those things where, um, when they got ready to do the soundtrack, it was like, okay, this is coming out. Um, we're working on it. And that's all I heard. And then months go by months go by months go by. And then we think it's, it's, I remember I posted at one point, I think it's coming out. I think it's coming out this month. I, that's what I had been told. Okay. And then it turns out it's like, we weren't even kind of talking to the right person. And so finally I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to, um, Laura, who's over at TBS, just a godsend. She's amazing. Um, and she put me in touch with the right person and they were like, okay, yeah, let's get ready to release this. <laughs> Is this thing mastered Apple by an Apple certified person? We're like, no, I know. <laughs> we didn't do this. It's like, okay, we'll do it. And they instantly sent it. And like a week later, it came back, sounds amazing. And we, you know, put it up there. And so that kind of stuff is cool. But at the same time, I don't know if it's going on international iTunes. I don't know if it's, if the Blu-rays can, I know the Blu-rays, it's, it's region free, but it's, you can't get it in, you know, Amazon London or, you know, Amazon UK or, or, you know, it's like, it's just that barrier is really hard to kind of work with, with, with the international audience. Um, but they're great. And they're, they're so supportive. And even with all that kind of, uh, those <laughs> barriers, they still love the show. So it's, I think it's, it's really cool. Um, for sure. Yeah. And it's always exciting to see the, the fan base support itself, of course, too, especially with the international audience of just, I know you put out during season two, like, try to stay quiet about stuff. Don't spoil stuff for international friends. And uh, just to see the fans actually respond to that and, you know, try to keep stuff on the down yeah. low and not post about things is really cool to see. It's, it's a very supportive community. Uh, just I, one of the reasons I really love this group of fan Trexians. Um, so, yeah. Um, another question. Um, I know you've, mentioned before that you you had a, a favorite episode of at least season two do you have a, a favorite episode over the both seasons at all or anything that you? yeah i mean i think i think the the season one is is definitely the finale for me um and there's a, there's multiple reasons for that there's a couple scenes and and, and it's so funny like what 
I kind of why I like an episode and you're going to laugh at like just the the tiny nuances that I like about it, you know. But what really set that episode over the top for me and made it a, a favorite is, is a I love the episode as a whole, but you got the completion of the the basically the cold opens in it, which is the right. first thing. Yeah. Second thing is it has so many amazing moments, like little brief moments that were like, I'm cheering, you know, like Tribor, you know, launching the, the resistance. And then he does the the cat call, which is the kind of like sounds like the Star Wars, you know, siren. And um kind of the there's a there's a song that I think Shelby actually did. And it's this one moment, this one moment, like the entire soundtrack is amazing, but there's this one moment that really puts it over the top. And I felt like, whoa. And it just, it just hits the perfect tune, the perfect tune. And, it, and it's like basically after the Tribor moment where he launches the thing and Quinn is flying in the ship and the music just really kicks in at the perfect moment you know what i mean it like it really hits this thing where it, you know, as she's flying you know and and you really get the stakes of what the episode is and that feeling that i get every time i watch that moment and, and i listen to it in that particular song it's just so powerful and then there's another moment that i really love in that episode and it's when gary's on the ship alone and he's looking outside the window um and he's got he's holding his wound and he's kind of going over the control thing he's talking to hugh and Really, the animation in that is just nuts. You see this battle going on, and it's quiet in this bridge, and he's sitting there, and he's wounded, and he's making the decision, I'm going to sacrifice myself to save Quinn. And it's just in that moment, you, it was the completion of that season one arc. You know what I mean? This guy that basically was an idiot, <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> Really, you know, he 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 just grew so much, and not only that, but I had grown, you know, just just from making this show, and I was like, wow, you know, that's that's a really cool moment to to see in the show, and I was really like happy with how that turned out, and it looks so good, like they desaturated it a little bit, and like all these tiny little things in there, but that first season, it's definitely the last episode, um, and then I think season two, it's it's. I gotta say that that episode four is 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 one that I yeah. really <laughs> love, and I love you know episode nine with you know the avocado stuff and and you know Gary fighting at the end with Invictus and stuff. But there's something about episode four that just it's just a contained episode. The story's contained, and it really for the first time I felt like hit a different character. And I know the previous episode we had Ash story, but a lot of people didn't know who Ash was still, you know, right. but this was the first time that you would watch a little Kato from season one and actually got like a little bit more from him, you know, right. and it's just, I think, a really special episode. And granted, people, people kind of uh, rag on it because it doesn't really connect <laughs> with anything. Right. And and we made it like a flub. But we the funny thing is. A lot of the flubs and kind of like uh, little mistakes, we kind of correct in season three in, in a oh. funny way. Like we call we call attention to it, and we do call attention to that that moment um, in a in a kind of a funny way. And so it's like you know we even call attention to the 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 infamous pissing scene that uh, 
<laughs> I'll tell you, it's like, uh, no, said, you know, uh, I can't even remember the, the context in season three, like wh- how he does it, but it comes, it's a pretty funny moment. So like, it's like, I got to piss. He's like, and Gary's like, no, 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 nobody wants to see that. Nobody, <laughs> believe me, nobody wants to see that. So it's like, you got to kind of own your stuff. You know what I mean? But the funny thing is that pissing scene, even though never intended to actually use the thing, probably kept season two on the air so you know you gotta you gotta own the mistakes and and move on from it and you know it will be one of those things that people talk about it and rag on it and you know discredit us for it but i don't know you, you just gotta you gotta you gotta just take the uh take the punch and then keep keep going trial by fire <laughs> for sure yeah and, <laughs> but yeah yeah i well, yeah, season two, episode four is probably my go-to as well. I, I mean, just art. It was very artistically probably one of my favorite episodes that has come out. Um, but yeah, and then I think um, even even if you know a lot of people did kind of you know jump on the 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 sixty-year gap and then just kind of silence afterwards. But I mean, I think the repercussions that did come from that uh, is we we did see Gary's kind of start towards that whole. Uh, you know, adoption of Little Cotto later in the season and kind of that art kind of pushing forward and, you know, his kind of devotion towards being there for Little Cotto uh, was really, really great to see. Yeah, and I think it's like you're getting, there's so much growth in, in Gary in season one, even in season two. Um, and in season three, you're really going to see a lot more growth out of him. Like he's he's really kind of, changing in a cool way and but he's still he's still gary you know like right. at the end of the day he's still gary but he's making really difficult decisions and he's kind of having to kind of fight an unwinnable battle and it's like you lose you know what i mean and, and i think that's something that you know we really try to hit on those tonal touch points that you lose sometimes and you lose a lot and you right. fail and how do you pick yourself back up and then continue going forward? Like a lot of people, when they fail, it's like, it's that moment where you're like, that's it. I'm done. You know, I'm going to just call it quits or, or I'm going to not do this anymore. I'm going to, you know, not try to, you know, try to get better or anything like that. But it's, it's kind of, I really wanted to kind of make sure that Gary was, was a couple different things. A guy that is such a good friend to people that, you're like, he's, he's there no matter what. There's never an instance where Gary's not there for somebody. And that is what a friend should be, honestly. And I've had a lot of issues with friends in my life that have done that kind of stuff where they haven't been there for me. And so it's really kind of showing people, it's like, this is a friend. You know, at its core of core, you can rely on Gary Goodspeed. The next thing is just really kind of somebody that has to face failing and then pick himself back up and keep going forward. And that's this life, man. Like it's very rare to win. And we, we kind of acknowledge that, you know, it's like when they do get a win, it's, it's rare. It's like, Whoa, we got to win. You know, like we, we haven't got a lot of those, you know, those are in short supply. So I think it's, it's kind of cool to hit those two things. And um, yeah, I think that's kind of some of the cool coolness about Gary. Yeah, definitely. All right. One more question. Uh, 
with no spoilers, of course, uh, and you've alluded to a couple of things uh, throughout the episode, but uh, what are you really excited for fans to see in this next season? Yeah, I mean, I think the one of the really cool things that we, you know, we always try to do um, each season is really push ourselves. Like, we're, and, and the season is just on a whole nother level. Like, I think, you know, you see a lot of the people in the animation community say, okay, well, this just looks like everything else, or it's this, or, you know, you got, you know, people that think Lower Decks looks like Final Space, or Final Space looks like Lower Decks, or Rick and Morty, and Rick and Morty looks like this, and, you know, it looks like Family Guy, and you got an American Dad, and it's just, it's just like, everybody just kind of thinks it looks the same, Yeah, and I think this is the season where Final Space is going to go in a different category, okay. and I don't what that category is but i think <laughs> it's 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 no longer a it can't be confused for a sitcom all right kind of show it's going to be it's so epic there was one there's one episode that uh i watched pretty recently and uh i won't tell you what episode it is but i remember at the end of it my eyes watered okay not because it was sad, but because it was so epic. And I start laughing uncontrollably. And the first thing I say is like, this is incredible. How did we get this made? Like, I thought, <laughs> I don't know how we do that? And we weren't even close to the finale. You know what I mean? But it was just kind of one of those moments where I realized in that, in that moment, I was like, we are making something that doesn't really exist for what we are trying to do or what we're categorized as, you know, people kind of assume that we're just kind of a, a, a comedy animation, adult animation, but this season is a whole nother thing, man. It's, it's, it's nothing that I've ever seen before. And I feel like it's, it says something pretty amazing. I think it's a cool thing that we're really pushing people. And, you know, even with Jamfield, who's amazing, I can't say, enough good things about them when they start pushing back and you're not even halfway through the episode of animating the thing <laughs> of the, the, of the season, you still got the finale, you still got all this other stuff. And they're like, this is big. Like, <laughs> like what is this? Go, what's going on? I think that says that we're trying to do something that hasn't been done that because a lot of people, you know, they have the same, but there's, there are Netflix shows that have a bigger budget than us, right. like by times, three times. And they don't try to push themselves. Like we we are literally, there's no money left around. There's no money to be spent. It's all on the screen. It's, it goes all on the screen. And I think this next season, you're going to really see something um, special. And I think you're going to see it in every episode. And I think you're going to see something that has a lot of love and care into it. And it's going to be, there's some episodes that are very emotionally raw. And I'll tell you a couple of cool stories. Um, one, I remember there's, there's just one episode that I think is, is Emmy worthy in the, in this next season. And it was the height of the pandemic. Um, and me and David were kind of writing it. And I was just, you just, you just kind of end up pouring all that, all, the, all those feelings into your writing, you know, and we poured it in there, man. I, I, I poured everything that, you know, was going on in that episode. And I remember having to record that episode, dude, and just 
oh man, I was like, I was bawling, you know, just kind of like, cause you, you have to, to get into that performance. You're just kind of emotionally, like there was no, I was as vulnerable as you're ever going to be <laughs> that episode. And I remember when, um, you know, each person, when they kind of recorded on their episode, that episode in particular, just giving incredible performances like Ashley Birch, amazing. Steven, you just in freaking incredible, man. It's like, you know, freaking Tika's giving this. It's like, it's said everybody's giving such an amazing thing. And I remember when, uh, when Cote was in there, uh, he was going through a lot of the stuff with his, his kind of personal, you know, life and stuff like that with his family and stuff. And, um, after that record, he just, he, there was a moment cause he came over and recorded in my little booth that I had to make here. And there was a moment where after the episode was done, you know, he was kind of emotional in the record, but then he just kept crying. And I just was like, I don't think that's, I think that's him, you know? Yeah. And we let him finish, you know, and he was like, dude, that, that was intense. You know, it's like that. I didn't, that just a lot of different stuff kind of brought up and he was, you know, and we kind of hugged and stuff, you know, cause it was about, you know, just being friends and stuff. He was like, he's just very appreciative. And it was just kind of cool to kind of do an episode like that where everybody is just so vulnerable and not only that episode, but just there's so many episodes like that where people are giving these amazing performances. Like it's, it's kind of in nuts. Some of these performances, man. And you're just kind of left like mouth agape, like, Oh my God, like this is, what are we making? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like, you, like TBS bought what they thought was like American dad. And, you know, we're all like crying in a record, you know, listening to somebody, you know, record their, their character. And you're just kind of like, this is not what I think TBS imagined they were getting. <laughs> and, you know, here's the thing. I always told David this with, with season three, that, Let's say, you know, hypothetically, knock on wood, there is no season four. Okay. Because it can happen. Great shows get canceled all the time. And I don't even think we're in the category of some of these shows that get canceled. It's like, we're just a, a weird show that's the ugly cousin of, of Adult Swim and the, <laughs> the stepfather or daughter or cousin, son or whatever, TBS. And then, you know, HBO Max is in there somewhere. Um, and it's like, the one thing I'll say is that I was, I was, I was talking to David and I said, you know what, if season three is our last season, let's just put it all on the table. Let's make the season that we want to make. Let's, let's just, and if that's it, let's step back and say, we made something awesome. You know, like that's the kind of like the mic drop. It's like, if this is our last season and I don't think it is, but if this is the last season, it needs to be a mic drop kind of season and dude it's like dropping five mics at the end of the season <laughs> like it's it's so awesome so i think it's going to be a, a really really good season i think that um you know of course there's going to be issues with it you know there's there's never not an issue with the season you know but i think for what we are trying to make i think it's awesome I think it's, I think it's, it's going to be my favorite season. There are some episodes I probably have at least six, seven favorite episodes in season three. <laughs> and that's, and that's saying something. Cause I mean, it's, it's people did such an amazing job, not only in the boarding, not only in the directing, not only in the designs, not only in like, it's like, everything is just like, everybody's pouring everything they have into it. 
maybe it's the pandemic. I don't know. Whatever it is, the show is only benefiting from whatever we're doing. And yeah, I think this is going. I think it's going to be a great season. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. Yeah, I we're all super pumped, uh, and we're really excited to get this season. Um, and yeah, so thank you so so much for for going over these first two seasons, giving us some insight on next season, and uh, for making the show that we all really love and love watching your journey on. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for thanks for doing the the podcast. And yeah, we got we got two more of these to do. So just pick whenever you want to do them. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll hit it up. Let's save it for like uh, maybe for whenever the trailer comes out, and then you know we got uh, the show. You know, like and we can do more. I just said three, just because <laughs> like a good number. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely down, man, to to do whatever. I think this is a really cool thing you're doing, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much to Olin Rogers for joining us on this episode of Into Final Space. Next week, we start our dive into Final Space by starting at the beginning with a review of Chapter 1 with art director Devin Roth, as I'm joined by Fantraxian JD. Thank you so much to every person who has supported this podcast so far, and I cannot wait to take you on the journey of Volume 3. I'll see you next time on Into Final Space. Thanks, guys.